Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll recap a busy day of trades and some power-driven performances. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Thursday, July 29th. Wednesday, July 28th, that was a very busy day of trade. So, Al, I'm just going to dive right into those. First, uh, the Yankees and the Rangers finalizing a deal that will send a whole bunch of prospects to Texas and in return send Joey Gallo and Joely Rodriguez to the Yankees. Miami, earlier in the day, had already made a big trade, sending Starling Marte to Oakland for Jesus Luzardo, one of the biggest trades we've seen in the last few seasons. The Marlins also traded Yimi Garcia to Houston for a couple of minor leaguers. Uh, Astros bulking up in the bullpen, having already added Kendall Graveman from the Mariners. Uh, The Milwaukee Brewers acquired Eduardo Escobar from Arizona for a couple of minor leaguers as well. Eduardo Escobar expected to play all over the diamond for the Brewers and the Reds getting another relief pitcher into their bullpen, getting Michael Givens from the Rockies. So a very busy day, and we expect the next couple of days to be maybe not quite that busy, but something approaching it with still a lot of big names out there. Uh, in the non-trade part of the of the baseball world, Gerald, Jared Walsh went to the IL with an intercoastal strain. Rafael Devers exited the Red Sox game with a tight quad. He is already going to be sitting out on Thursday, uh, scheduled day off, so no worries there. Aloy Jimenez leaving the White Sox game. He is now day-to-day with groin tightness. Nolan Arenado also considered day-to-day after getting hit by a pitch. He has a bruised right forearm. Nelson Cruz was scratched from the Rays lineup with a bruised foot. He did pinch hit in the game, so hopefully nothing to see there. Jonathan Scope was scratched because of a tight back, someone who is also very much on the trade market. Tigers obviously hoping that this back doesn't uh, screw things up for them.
them there. The Phillies and the Nationals were postponed because of a COVID outbreak with the Nationals. Four players, including Trey Turner and eight members of the Washington staff, have tested positive for COVID. And then Tyler Clippard getting a save at the Rangers. Is there anything to see there, Al? I think there may be. I, I think that the uh, the big issue here is whether or not you just want to pursue a Diamondbacks reliever, you know, period. But uh, Clipper just recently uh, just recently taken off of the IL, and I don't know if Joaquin Soria is going anywhere or not. But just the fact that even with Soria on the roster there, that it was Clipper getting the save in a league where uh, you know saves are hard to get. I think Clipper is a new entry uh, on the waiver wire to to pay some attention to and maybe just to go ahead and go out and get. Yeah, probably something to pay attention to, to no matter what. And Soria, definitely one of those guys who could find himself on a new team over the next 48 hours or so. Uh, let's get to the Wednesday standouts. As we said right off the top, a lot of power-driven performances. We had one, two, three, four, five, two home run games in the majors last night. Joey Votto, Rodolfo Castro, Miguel Sano, Ryan Jeffers, and Fran Mil Reyes. Votto, this was his fifth straight game with at least one homer, his second straight game with two homers. Meanwhile, Castro's got five hits or Leon, and all five of them have been homers. Joey Votto finally starting to get the attention that he has deserved for a while in the fantasy world. Uh, Rodolfo Castro, what sort of attention do you think he might deserve right now, Al? Well, I think he's getting maybe even a disproportionate amount of attention just because all of his hits are home runs, and that's a thing that's put him in the headlines and obviously given him some fantasy appeal, uh, a lot of home runs in a pretty short time. But I've not really been looking for him uh, in mixed leagues, I think you can make a case in 15 teamers if you have a need. But um, I, yeah, I think that's pretty much the extent of it for for Castro until we see consistency in playing time, consistency in um, in production, and you know maybe even some hits that aren't homers. Although I, I guess we wouldn't <laughs> argue if they were all homers from here on out. I mean, if he was hitting like 280 and they were all homers, we probably wouldn't be too <laughs> disappointed about that. If he was hitting like 111 and they were all homers, uh, probably going to be taking a pass. So there's there's uh, some context uh, to be considering there. Abraham Toro, uh, man, I mean, are, are the Astros regretting that trade already? Because uh, he homered and stole a base against the Astros uh, yesterday. He's homered in four straight games. The first two of those were with Houston. The next two of those with Seattle, uh, and now with Seattle, uh, there's some you know playing time locked in for Abraham Toro. Where is his role in fantasy baseball leagues? Yeah, I mean for for him, definitely 15 teamers. He needs to be rostered there, and I think you're probably starting to look even a little bit shallower. I'm maybe not quite on board with uh, putting Toro on my watch list for 12 team leagues, but I'd say anything deeper. Uh, with the playing time and probably what comes with that, the uh, multi-positional flexibility, uh, that uh, Toro's a, a pretty interesting player to have available for you uh, going down the stretch here. Yeah, locked into third base with Houston, but maybe gets to play a little bit more across the diamond in Seattle. Mark Cannon went two for three with a pair of walks in his ninth steal of the season against San Diego. He's uh, 33rd in roto value this season behind Robbie Grossman, Adam Duvall, Tommy Pham, Randall Gritchick. That's 33rd in the outfield. Meanwhile, let's just get this guy in here because we're talking about uh, outfielders. Rymel Tapia went four for five with a pair of doubles. He's now up to 22 on the season. He is up to 19 steals on the season. He is 12th in Roto value. This was something that had been bubbling beneath the surface, it felt like, with Rymel Tapia, but we're finally seeing it. Canna and Tapia, just what are your expectations when you look at these guys for the rest of the season? Well, I think with Cannon now, it's got to be looking at him as a contributor in the steals category. Now that he's up to nine, that's a career high for him. Uh, and a very different profile for Cannon this year. 
Uh, Tapia, the steals are pretty much what you were looking for, plus the batting average. But I have to admit, I didn't see him as somebody who could possibly be a 30 stolen base candidate. Mm-hmm. He's, he's on the cusp of, of that at this point. So uh, that's pretty, pretty interesting. The thing about Tapia is uh, I actually sat him in a daily league for this game. It was in Anaheim. It was Andrew Haney, a lefty starting. And uh, Tapia's numbers against lefties, and granted, it's a small sample, but uh, pretty good. Pretty good so far this year. You're not going to get a lot of power necessarily outside of cores. You're not going to see a lot of power against lefties. But for the things that you're looking for, for steals, for base hits, uh, I think I need to be maybe uh, less selective (laughs) in my uh, start-sit calculations with uh, Tapia. Just uh, trust the skills uh, a little more broadly with him. Always something to learn during the fantasy baseball season, yeah. season, even here late in July. Let's get to Wednesday's standout pitchers and start with Max Freed. He had a very nice outing against the Mets, went seven innings, gave up two runs on five hits and two walks, struck out nine. Over his last seven starts, he's been the Max Freed of last season, 41 innings, 45K, so even maybe a little bit more strikeout upside than he had last year. Uh, five home runs allowed, 14 walks, an ERA that's just south of four. All the ERA estimators, however, are lower on that number, thinking that he's getting maybe a touch unlucky over the last seven outings that he's had. Max Freed's not someone you're going to go out and pick up, but is there anything actionable based off of the way he's looked recently? Uh, I think the only thing is just to keep him in your rotation because he's clearly in a groove and and can help you with strikeouts more than maybe you were counting on uh, earlier this season. But I I really wanted to talk about Freed, Michael, just because it has stuck in my mind that coming into 2021, you were a Freed doubter. And so I'm wondering... (laughs) Uh, how you might be looking at him at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I just need to say, hey, I was wrong about that one <laughs> with the way that he's pitched recently. And, you know, one of the biggest reasons I was a free doubter was because it felt like he wasn't going to get up the strikeouts at all. And so he was going to have to be like a Kyle Hendricks type who was just so consistently good with the command. And I just didn't see it adding up. Uh, and he's stepped it up in the strikeout department in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily had those concerns before the season. So, you know, we're right about some things. We're wrong about some things. And the most important thing to do when you're wrong is to admit it, be transparent about it, and adjust the way you think. So Max Fried uh, definitely has proved me wrong this season. Nestor Cortez had himself a nice little outing on Wednesday as well. Five innings, just gave up one run on three hits, didn't walk a batter, and struck out five against the Rays. We know there's a degree of difficulty to that Rays matchup, even with Nelson Cruz scratched. He's got a 1.93 ERA and 39 Ks in 32 and two-thirds innings on the season. Nestor Cortez, what's actionable here? I think uh, deeper leagues, you, you go out and get him. Uh, there's obviously questions here about his role over the last two months, but I think, you know, you could put him maybe not to the same magnitude, but, you know, sort of the, the same type of appeal as uh, like a Colin McHugh, who, of course, is on the IL right now. So maybe Cortez fills that void for you in the short term, and, and maybe he continues to get a few starts down the line. But either way, you're talking about somebody who's going to give you enough innings every week to matter and do it with uh, a good ERA and with a little bit of strikeout help. Definitely love finding players like that. Michael Walker, another pretty good outing here. Nine strikeouts against the Yankees. Did it in five innings pitched. Three hits, one run, not an earned run, just one walk over his last six, five of which have been starts. He's got 34 Ks against seven walks in just 28 innings. Eight homers. That's a little bit of an issue. Uh, 4.18 ERA, but the ERA estimators are liking him a little bit better than that, both about uh, 0.7 runs or so 
beneath that ERA. And then Tanner Howe clicks one pimp in here as well. Four innings, two hits, one run, one walk, and seven Ks against the Blue Jays. He's got a 2.45 ERA and 30 Ks in 22 innings. How are you treating these two pitchers going forward? Uh, for Walker and Hauk, I mean, I'm looking at both of these pitchers now for 12 teamers. And Hauk, to put it in a little bit of context, too, that was a doubleheader game. So maybe in a, a regulation, you know, nine inning game, maybe Hauk goes another inning because, uh, you know, you, you're. Uh, having more of a worry about stretching the bullpen with those two extra innings. Waka, uh, you know, you mentioned the home runs. I'm really encouraged that the XFIP for him over that, uh, that stretch that you mentioned, 3.43, which, you know, XFIP is, is they all have their different things that they weight, but XFIP looks at the, at the fly ball rate and, you know, translates that into what should be the home run rate. And so basically, XFIP is saying we don't really buy all those home runs that Michael Walk is giving up. And all the rest of the uh, peripherals, as you mentioned, Michael, they've been really good. He's getting swings and misses like he wasn't getting early in the season. So I think Michael Walk is back. Michael Walker is back. You heard it here from Al Melchior on Fantasy Baseball in 15. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's take a look at the Thursday streamers that we have available to us, Al. David Price and Johnny Cueto facing down with one another in a world, uh, what, maybe a decade ago? Maybe not quite a decade ago. That's a Cy Young sort of matchup. Now it's just a streamer (laughs) matchup. Drew Smiley's taking the ball against the Mets. He'll face off with Taiwan Walker. Luis Patino going up against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Alec Mills taking the ball against Luis Castillo and the Reds. Five options. I think you could... Pretty easily talk yourself into all five of them. Obviously, you're not going to stream five guys on one day. So how are you prioritizing these five guys? Well, it's funny because we've already talked about the priorities. Uh, Unlike a lot of the times when we do this segment, these are all kind of tough matchups that these pitchers have. So you can also talk yourself out of it. But I, I certainly I like David Price. Uh, against the Giants a lot, especially at uh, Oracle Park. So I, I would put him first. And then I think Drew Smiley against the Mets in City Field. That certainly helps a little bit, too. Uh, so, you know, I like that pretty well. I think I'm staying away from Cueto. I think I'm staying away from Patino, not only because of the matchup. I don't know if Joey Gallo is going to be in that lineup or not. But, uh, you know, it, I just don't know if Patino is going to go deep enough in that game, especially, uh, you know, against pretty good offense. Uh, so I'll stay away from him. And Alec Mills, I, I like him too. I think I put him behind uh, Price and Smiley uh, for this one. He's been pretty effective lately, so I, I trust him against the Reds. We have the exact same rankings for these streamers. So hopefully we're doing something right on that because that'll lead you in the right direction. Going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 with a stock watch. Players who are on the way up right now, Glaber Torres, Always felt like sort of a matter of time with him. He's 16 for his last 51, three homers and five steals in that time. Also five barrels in 40 batted ball events. Alex Wood also throwing the ball well over his last five starts. 27 and two-thirds innings, 37 Ks against nine walks, just one homer and a 2.60 ERA in that time. Is there anything actionable with what we've seen from Glaber and Alex Wood over these uh, last couple of weeks? Well, Alex Wood is still out there in some 10-teamers, maybe even a 12-teamer here and there. So he's somebody that the way he's going right now, 
needs to be rostered everywhere. Glaber Torres, uh, he's just confused me. I had pretty much <laughs> given up on him, but I think now if uh, there's somebody in your league who was like me, who uh, maybe dropped him, gave up on him, uh, give Glaber Torres another try. So, uh, you know, pick him up where you can, both of these players. On the flip side, Cabrian Hayes, 14 for his last 55, no homers, one barrel and 30 batted ball events, and 20 strikeouts in that time. Tarek Skubal, over his last four starts uh, in 22 innings, has uh, struck out 19, walked two, but given up six homers, a swinging strike rate south of 10% and a 5.73 ERA. Uh, this is the way I like to phrase this question. Is this just the vagaries of baseball, or is there something more serious going on here with either of these guys? I think with Kebrian Hayes, it could be the vagaries of baseball. Just, um, you know, I think he's going to find the middle ground between, uh, you know, what we saw from him last year and uh, what we we're seeing from him lately. As far as Tarek Skubal goes, I just have to wonder if maybe this is fatigue setting in, uh, as I think we'll see with a lot of young pitchers who haven't gone this deep into a season before, because it's really quite the drop off from what we've seen from him for most of 2021. And he's just blasting past any sort of previous career highs in professional baseball and innings pitch, starts, all that. So wouldn't be a surprise and really wouldn't be something we could knock him for too significantly. Thank you for being with us here on this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll be back with you on Friday. That, of course, will be Al Melchior and Derek Van Riper. Until then, enjoy all the baseball. Enjoy all the trades. Keep your head on straight because there's a lot of action coming your way over these next, uh, what, uh, 30 hours or so leading up to the trade deadline. We'll talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.